Well, Ulysses, uh, as we mentioned on yesterday's episode, we have so many great mailbag questions that we have to continue with them. And we'll do that on today's episode. And they're fun ones. They pertain to Harold Ramirez, Tommy John surgeries, and this year's offense. So let's get started uh, right now. You are locked on Rays. Your daily Tampa Bay Rays podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, my name is Kevin Weiss. I'm Ulysses Sombrano. And we're the host of the Locked On Rays podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Thank you for making Locked On Rays your very first listen every day. And remember, Locked On Rays is free and available on all platforms, including YouTube at Locked On Rays. If you're interested in advertising with the program, email us, LockedOnRays at gmail.com. Speaking of advertisers, today's episode is brought to you by the Sports Card Investor app. Welcome to the world of trading cards reimagined. Stay tuned later in the show for more information on this awesome new tool for collectors. You're going to want to check out the Sports Card Investor app. You're also going to want to check out these mailbag questions. This first one from Carlos and Carmen. This question, why is Harold Ramirez not playing every day when he has the second best batting average at 293 behind only the 316 of Manny Margot? Also is fifth in hits with 41 despite having 24 at-bats fewer than the four-position players uh, Yandy Diaz. And please don't tell me about the lefty versus lefty and righty versus righty because I rather see Ramirez versus a righty than Bruhan batting lefty versus the same pitcher. Well, I agree with that. I, I would rather see Ramirez against a righty than Vidal Bruhan as a lefty at any time ever right now. So, yeah, I agree with that. Uh, thank you, first of all, for writing uh, to us, Carlos and Carmen. Uh, with Harold Ramirez, I am so happy I was on this boat as soon as it happened. Uh, go back into the archives of the episodes. I was jazzed about this acquisition, and I made the point of him lifting up his home country of Colombia. And mm-hmm. I think that uh, a lot of people don't understand that, but that means a lot. And I feel in his first uh, opportunity to say that he's from Cartagena, uh, he does. And he says it proudly. And I feel like that is one of those intangibles that are missed on the Excel spreadsheet. Um, These are human beings. And I feel like that is amping him up. But if you do go to the Excel uh, sheet, he's he's doing pretty well. Um, 715 OPS overall, a 293 average. He hits the ball really hard, I think, in the 98th percentile of max exit velo hard hit percentage he's in the 77th percentile so he's doing some things well but to carlos and carmen's point of him not getting at bats i think cash has understood that in june i think this this email came uh maybe like 10 days ago um cash knows that he needs to play harold ramirez every day on the field, no matter what, no matter if it's as a DH, if it's in the outfield, if it's at first, he needs to play it. And that's because sometimes players um, who are having success and might not be uh, projected to have that kind of success, 
managers are usually hesitant on giving them, I'm pulling the trigger and putting them on every day. You can see it in the past with, I remember Cito Gaston not really giving the chance to Marco Scudero un, until he had to play him. He had mm-hmm. to play him no matter second, short, everywhere, third. He had to play Marco Scudero. Uh, it happened with Joe Madden in the 2012 season with Jeff Kepinger. He just did not want to play Jeff Kepinger, even though he was the best hitter on the team. He had to play him. It just takes some time, and I feel like Harold Ramirez is on that player trajectory, but now Cash has understood this offense is anemic, and this guy just puts contact on the ball, and he is somebody who needs to be on this lineup every day, and I think we're going to see a little bit more of Harold Ramirez. So you believe that Harold Ramirez should be an everyday player? A hundred percent. There is no reason why two guys uh, should be having more at bats than Harold Ramirez right now. I mean, honestly, like you go through the the, the gamut: Yandi, Manuel Margot, Man Choi, Randy, and then that's it. It it, it, yeah. it has to be Harold. It has to be Harold. I mean, this guy wakes up, he stretches for two minutes, and he can go one for three. <laughs> there's not a lot of people in the lineup right now that can give you the production. And to Carlos's and Carmen's point, it's not like he is unusable, unplayable against righties. Yeah, it's a 680 OPS is not what you want, but it's better than what Vidal, for example, is producing against right-handers when he has a 230 OPS. So yeah, I'll play the 680 instead of the 230. I am okay, and I would encourage the Rays to use Harold Ramirez just about every day with a caveat if he is mostly, if not all the time, used as the DH. I do not necessarily want to see him on the field. Uh, Considering the plays that we've seen G-Man Choi make as of late at first, we've seen the cartwheel, we've seen the stretch, we've seen the scoops. He is a different caliber first baseman where... You know, Taylor Walls has to make an off-balance throw. Vidal Brujan has to make a tough, you know, whoever it is. Yeah. I trust G-Man Choi to make that scoop more so than Harold Ramirez. And I trust G-Man Choi and others to make a play compared to Harold Ramirez defensively. And we already have enough, we've already seen enough defensive problems as it is. So I would be hesitant to use another defensive liability. But yeah, absolutely. Get Harold Ramirez bat in the lineup most likely as a DH, or I would like it to be as a DH. Now, a little, I guess, counter-argument or uh, to play contrarian a little bit, uh, Harold Ramirez hits the ball really hard, makes good contact. I mean, he, like you say, he wakes up and rakes, wakes up and hits, but he hits the ball on the ground a lot. He has the lowest launch angle on the team, and he actually has the third lowest isolated power numbers on the team he's ahead of yandy diaz and vidal brujan so it's i don't want to say empty calories but in a way empty calories with that batting average but again he's making contact and good things happen when you make contact and hit the ball hard i don't i look he's got two home runs right now with 171 plate appearance or 171 at bat so there's not just like the isolated power statistics speaks to it's mostly singles as opposed to extra base hits, but a whole lot better than striking out or a whole lot better than, uh, you know, hitting grounder to the pitcher or something like that. And also I'll note this too. 
Um, Harold Ramirez for his entire major league career, he's always put up good batting average numbers. I mean, he's, you can basically count on him to give you at least 275. That is a, that is, that might as well be 310. Uh, you know, that's 310 back in the nineties, like 275 is insane in this era of baseball, but he's also dealt with hamstring injuries the last couple of years. So maybe that's something where the Rays are trying to be a little bit cautious with him of knowing that that is an issue that has nagged him. And the Rays certainly don't want to lose yet another reliable bat in the lineup if they can help it. You mentioned uh, hamstring injuries. You mentioned maybe trying to curb some of the IL stints. The guy that does the splits like Jimon Choi, you might also have to take care of them too. So it might not be the prettiest uh, move to put him at first base sometimes, Harold Ramirez. But you you, you also can't just run Jimon Choi to the ground because he has a history more so than Harold Ramirez of getting hurt. So you also have to curb those splits and kind of, you know, take the bullet with 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 the glove there with Harold and by the way I think it is getting better the, the on the Orioles series he's made a few uh good picks at first which is which is nice to see he talked in the post game um interview that that's something that he's trying to work on and and, and they're trying to improve and I think as a race fandom we need to not have short term memory because in 2018 when Jimon Choi came to the club and then he was not dubbed oh he's going to be the the opening day first baseman everybody screeched and said what you're giving first base to G-Man Choi, and now everybody loves G-Man Choi uh, at first. So I think it sometimes you just need to give a guy some time, just like they did G-Man Choi. Now everybody loves the splits. I think we need to give Harold Ramirez a little bit of that of that same patience that we're showing Bruhan and that we're showing Taylor Walls um, with the bat. If we're giving them the patience with the bat, I think we should give the, the patience to Harold with the glove. So how would you like to deploy him defensively only at first or would you also play him in right field left field everything everything right field i mean first of all i do not think brett phillips should be playing ever against a lefty so if you're going if you if you're cashing you're going to put b p h i on stop yourself and say (laughs) wait wait i'll take the l put uh, on the defensive side in in, in the corner outfield and i'm going to put harold ramirez's name same thing at first base. If you need G-Man Choi to get a little bit of a rest because he's had three straight starts, well, right. let's put Harold Ramirez at first. And I also think that he also should be DHing. I, I, I don't. I'm not saying that he should just be strictly a non-DH guy. No, use him. Use his versatility. If he can DH, DH. Yeah. If he can, I mean, most of his Harold games G-Man. have been as a DH, and clearly it's working. He he puts yeah. up good numbers as a DH. So he is. A lot of guys can't handle that role, but Harold Ramirez can handle that role. So that's why I would try to use him there if possible as much as you can. Um, yeah, so it's uh, – I'm all for it. I'm, you're, you were on the Harold Ramirez train, and, and good for you. you. You hope he's able to keep it up for the entirety of the season. You would like to see a few more extra base hits and power numbers, but, I mean, beggars can't be choosers at this point. With, we just need guys that can you know, put the ball in play and at least do a little bit of something here and there. So Something. Yeah, something for sure. Uh, All right, we've got much more to discuss, but before we do that, we have to tell you about Sports Card Investor. The Sports Card Investor app is the hobby's most powerful resource. Quickly check the value of your favorite cards, find great deals, and profit from the hobby you love. 
Available completely free in the Google Play and Apple App Stores, the Sports Card Investor app is a must-have for baseball fans. Download the Sports Card Investor app today. Available for free in the Google Play and Apple App Stores or go to sportscardinvestor.com slash locked on. One more thing I'll note about Harold Ramirez playing defensively, you could also maybe deploy him creatively depending on who's on the mound and depending on who the Rays are facing. Uh, if you've got a team that is very strikeout heavy and you've got a pitcher that strikes out a lot of guys or only allows batted balls to one side of the field, you can maybe mask Harold Ramirez in that sense, like with yeah. other guys as well. So that's just a little food for thought as well. Uh, this yeah. next question from Jake Stokes. He says, listen, I know we have a lot of guys hurt. I get it. But is this the worst offense the Rays have had in recent memory? Last five years, last 10 years, question mark. I don't know, man. Uh, that's last 10 years. Definitely not last five years. Um, could be in the running, but again, I, I think everything with context, this team is missing the best two hitters that they have. Right. Where are the Yankees without judge and Stanton? I, yeah. I, I, again, like you, you, we can't just like this team is awful offensively. Like, but context matters. These guys are missing Wander Franco and Brandon Lau for an extended period of time. But you're right, Jake. The numbers are not pretty. I think we set them on, on the first volume of, of this mailbag episode. 26th in OPS. 25th um, in, 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 I think, home runs. 14th in strikeouts. 20th in at-bats per home run. 28th in grounded into double plays. It's not pretty. Um, actually, no, the 20th thing granted double play is actually pretty cool because they're not running into double out. So that's right. nice, but it, it, it's really been uh, kind of an issue. I understand offensively they, they have to be better, but also context matters here. Yes. And I also put an L on the front office and I get it. You have to play the prospects. You got to see which guys are for real and which guys you want to try to take to the next level and want to keep around in the organization for the next three, four five years. But they also didn't bring back three all-stars uh, in Austin Meadows, Joey Wendell and Nelson Cruz. And I, I know that all those, not all those guys are pinning out as of right now, but that still means a little bit of something. And if we're talking about, I love this question by Jake because it made me think and made me do a little research. Um, I guess if, if we're going to look at offense, what do we look at? We look at run scored. We look at run scored per game, right? Yeah. Well, I, I want to go back to something that you said, because if you're t t telling me oh, there's no Wendell, there's no Meadows, you're expecting, okay, well, who's taking those at-bats? Well, I mean, you, the Wendell at-bats? Walls, Bruhana bots, that that's not matching the production. Who right. Mike Zunino? Mike Zunino it, well, has been literally invisible in 2022 because of injury. So that production has been completely eradicated from the lineup. Yes, I, it, it's it's um, you have you have to understand the context of of the injuries this year and also the the names that are taking out and then the production that has been introduced. So it, it, it's. 
it sucks to see this kind of production, but I think it's it has to improve once the best two hitters come back. Again, Wonder Franco should be back in the lineup in a week's worth of time. Even maybe by this recording comes out on Wednesday, he should be playing against the Pirates. So that would be a, a boost to this lineup mentally, emotionally, and, and honestly on, on, on paper on, on the field. But the Brendan Lau thing might take a little bit longer of time, and, and that could yeah. be an issue. And I think, again, the offense isn't good by any means. They're averaging 4.09 runs per game. I think because there's such a pendulum swing from last year's historic offensive output by the Rays and this year's mediocre average uh, at best output, it makes it seem like, man, this offense really, really, really is bad when, you know, it's not great, but it's not the absolute worst ever. I will say, though, if we're just looking at runs scored per game, this is the lowest total since 2015, where the Rays averaged 3.98 runs per game. That was uh, Kevin Cash's first season where the team went 80 and 82. Uh, They had just that year, by the way, little history lesson. They had one player who had more than 20 homers. That was Longo. And the team leader in OPS was Logan Forsythe. And the year before that, 2014 was even worse. Joe Madden's last season, 3.78 runs scored per game. Uh, For context, Kevin Kiermaier led the team in OPS that year at 765. But if we're just running year to year, okay, so the Rays this year, 4.09 runs scored per game. That's 23rd in baseball. Last year, they averaged 5.28 runs per game. That's not happening. Be lucky if the Rays ever score, if if they score an average of five or more runs per game in the next decade. We said it. That was historic as it was happening. Do not expect that. Yeah, 2020, 4.60, 2019, 4.71, 2018, 4.48, 2016, 4.15, and again, I Context. Let's wait until Wander comes back. It's only as of the recording, June nineteenth. Yeah. June nineteenth. So let's let's wait. So far, it's only been two and a half months. And I'll make my point. As a team, they're struggling offensively. Let's go back and see where Brandon Lau was on on a pace in June nineteenth of twenty twenty one. Not pretty, right? Mm-hmm. Not pretty. He turned around his season. Teams can do that as well. Teams can just turn around their offensive production. You just have to be patient because a Taylor Walls, but more probably a Vidal Brujan, if sent down, can you see a Jonathan Aranda who is killing it at AAA? Does it mean that he's going to just basically replicate his production in AAA to a Major League Baseball? No, but he could be more productive than Vidal Brujan, and that's all you need right now. Yeah, and also... Again, you mentioned that Brandon Lau and Wander Franco, that should just naturally elevate things. If the Rays make a trade deadline acquisition or two, that should elevate things. And just um, Mother Nature, the weather, it gets a little bit warmer uh, in July, August, September. The ball maybe flies out a little bit more at some places compared to 
April and May. And then you add on top of the rash or additional pitching injuries that we're absolutely going to see. So you've got more, you know, replacement level pitchers coming up and making a spot start or two or getting some opportunities, then maybe the Rays can pounce on that and take advantage for sure. Uh, so again, great question there by Jake Stokes. Uh, what's also great is LinkedIn and LinkedIn jobs. Oh boy, is it ever. As the sun comes out, Kevin, and small businesses are back in business, LinkedIn jobs makes it easier to grow your team. LinkedIn jobs helps you find the people you want to interview faster and for free. You can create a free job post in minutes on LinkedIn jobs, reach your network and be on the world's largest professional network of over 810 million people. LinkedIn jobs helps you find the candidates you want to talk again so much faster than anybody else. Did you know every week, nearly 40 million job seekers visit LinkedIn? Probably not, right? Well, Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on MLB. That's right. That's linkedin.com slash locked on MLB to post your job for free. Terms and conditions will always apply. All right. Uh, this last mailbag question we'll get to. And again, if you have a mailbag question you want to you want us to get to uh, next week. Email us, LockedOnRays at gmail.com, or send us a Twitter or Instagram DM. We put priority on the voice memos, but if you'd rather type it out or text it out, that is certainly fine as well. Uh, but Joshua Garner asks, with Tommy, with another Tommy John on the way for Rays pitcher Andrew Kittredge, I wonder why so many pitchers have this issue with the Rays and an MLB. Take Nolan Ryan throwing deep into games in the mid-90s deep into his 40s. How could he consistently hit 250 innings pitched, 300 strikeouts per season, and never have that type of injury? He played little league, high school, and minor leagues as well. What do you guys say? Well, I think, Joshua, thank you for your for your um, comment. I think it's unfair to, as a barometer, use yeah. Nolan Ryan for any for anything he, uh, he's a Joshua, unicorn he's a unicorn he played 27 years in the majors he could there was a point where he could throw a fastball 100 600 708 miles per hour you can't use Nolan Ryan as your barometer nor can you use Cal Ripken as your barometer or Julio or Franco or Ricky Henderson or Jamie Moyer those are unicorns those that is not the norm whatsoever not at all so let's start there i think your barometer it's a little bit unfair you're skewing things joshua but what you are not skewing is yes tommy john surgeries are basically is it fair to say that tommy johns are not expected but not a not at all a rare occurrence in baseball any no. longer so i when we grew up when we were in the 90s mid 90s late 90s Tommy John was serious and it was like, oh man, this guy might not come back. Even in the, even in the mid two thousands, I remember JP Howell coming back, uh, from Tommy John and, and he was just all God awful that season coming back from Tommy John. Yeah. Uh, and then he had a tremendous career, uh, type of uh, career high season peak season. I think that, that after, uh, that season, he got a pretty good contract by the Dodgers, but regardless to say even 10 years ago, you could you could see that man is 
are they going to come back well enough to pitch? There was always that, that question. Nowadays, I feel like it's just expected that these guys are going to bounce back. It might take some time, but they're yeah. going to come back. And sometimes, if not most of the time, they come back throwing harder. They come back throwing uh, stronger. So I think the evolution of, of you know, science and, and, and therapy and, and rehabbing has improved so that they can get through this. But going why it's happening, Kevin, you've said it before. Uh, they and they, I mean, I mean, pitchers in high school and college programs are treated like fodder, man. They yeah. really are. And it's and it's awful to see because they're killing these kids arms for money to gain into their programs. Mm-hmm. They don't care about those arms. They're just throwing them out there, man. And then you talk about competitive families, competitive parents trying to get the best future for their kid. Maybe their intentions are good, but the way that they go about it is not good. Signing up a 10 year old for travel ball and then this other ball and then this other league. And the kids are just killing their arm by the time that they're 15. Drew Rasmussen, didn't he have two Tommy John surgeries yeah. before he was even drafted? Two. Mm-hmm. That's see, that's that's not okay. So I think it just let's. It's not a major league baseball problem, Joshua. It's a whole baseball problem since youth baseball. Yeah, I think that's where it starts. Where hey, let's have this nine-year-old start to throw curveballs and sliders, and oh yeah, let's have him pitch year round. Let's have him do the travel ball circuit where. In Nolan Ryan's day, there wasn't travel ball. In the summers, he was throwing rocks in a river and running around with his buddies. And that's the other thing, too, is the specialization. Probably too many, the helicopter baseball parents that want their kids playing baseball year-round as opposed to playing football, basketball, hockey, and doing a little bit of everything, like Kevin Kiermeyer did in high school and, and growing up as a youth. Whereas now it's like, hey, you pick your lane, and that's what – we're going to try to bank on you getting a college scholarship and bank on you trying to maybe be a professional at some point. I also think that, uh, I mean, I know this has been an issue for well over a decade. Uh, you mentioned Drew Rasmussen and some others, but I mean, it certainly doesn't help with what everybody went through with the pandemic and the stop and start and the delayed spring training and the crackdown on foreign substances. And the fact that people say that the, MLB ball is slippery and not that great compared to other balls that are used in Japan or even used in the minor leagues. Like it's a a subpar product uh, to some extent. And, you know, also the Rays, yes, they have a lot of guys that get injured, but that's also part of what they're going after. They're going after guys with funky deliveries, unique deliveries. Yeah. Uh, they're going after Colin Pochets and Jalen Beeks and Andrew Kittredges and, and Ryan Thompson and guys that give different looks and different angles. Not everybody has the beautiful delivery of a Shane Boz. And I think that by in and of itself is going to generate some problems too. And Andrew Kittredge, if we're just talking about him specifically, he probably should have had surgery, right? When he you know, had the yeah. chance. Well, and you know what? I'm, you know, that was on the table, and he chose not to, and and it's his body. So obviously, like, yeah. you know, he he can do whatever he wants. Uh, then he came out with a 2021 season where you know he basically was an all star, and he was amazing. But right. we said it so many times: 
Red, relievers are, are volatile. You can't expect the same type of production. And, and ultimately, his 2022 was subpar if you compare it to the 2021 season. And now he's going through Tommy John. So we might not see Andrew Kitchens in a raised uniform again. He's out for the 2022 yeah. season. He's out basically mostly for the 2023 season, I would think. So uh, in his future with the Rays is also kind of uh, up in the air. It really is. Um, so, no, that's another good question there by Joshua Garner. But, yes, we cannot compare anybody to Nolan Ryan. Anybody. Yes, Joshua, come on. To Nolan Ryan. Come on. Play fair. Play fair. No, 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 none of that. Yeah, no none Nolan of that. Ryan. And, honestly, Ryan. some guys, like, want to have – I don't know if want to have, but they're more adaptable to, okay, I'll get TJS because I will come back stronger and throwing harder. And it might, at the end of the day, yeah, I've got to take a break here for the next 12, 18 months. But when I get back, I'll be back better than ever and stronger than ever and throwing harder than ever. And maybe that lends itself to uh, a little more of a paycheck, if you will. Let's hope that's the case with uh, Tyler Glasson. He's able to provide some quality innings uh, in in 2022. Maybe as a closer. I've said this before. Would not hate. Hey, you you were right on the Harold Ramirez thing. You could be your Nostradamus over here. Let's hope so. Let's hope he can uh, he can come back in 2022 healthy and just provide some nice little innings for the Rays in that uh, October chase. Indeed. Uh, thank you for making the Locked on Rays podcast your very first listen every day. Now make your second listen, the Locked on MLB podcast that is also free and available on all platforms. If you're interested in being an advertiser with us, LockedOnRays at gmail.com is the place to email. Also, I hope you all have a wonderful day. Stay safe and we will talk to you tomorrow.